Hello everyone, this is Word with Dave Clay. So if I were a bee, I wouldn't make it. <laughs> and for those of you who have already jumped to the point I'm trying to make, bees and humans don't have much in common except a really obvious one. They both know how to dance. I don't even know how obvious that point would be. But if I were a bee, I wouldn't make it. Why? Because I can't dance. I don't know if I have any rhythm, don't have any rhythm. Uh, nobody in my family really was very good at dancing. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe there's a personality dimension to that. There's a lot of things that seem preemptive of my being able to dance beside the fact that I kind of always wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to learn, but I never took dance lessons and Whatever experience I may have had back in the day when there were proms and dances and socials and all those things in elementary, junior high, middle school, high school, I guess even college, um, I never was good at it. There'd be all these people getting out on the floor, dancing and Certainly some just look so natural at it. It's like it was just in them to do it. Psychology Today uh, looks to be July, August of 2023. How bees, as with buzz, buzz, learn to dance. Honeybees are taught to communicate by their elders. The honeybee waggle dance has long been lauded as one of the planet's most complex animal communication systems. Now, research finds that the dance isn't wholly innate and must be learned from other bees, making it a novel example of social learning and instincts and placing it closer to human language than once thought. A team of Chinese And American researchers isolated newborn bees from mature bees. When the new bees, (laughs) no pun intended, started producing, I'm sure the author didn't intend one, or maybe he did, producing their first waggle dances, which are unique to each colony, and communicate the distance, direction, and quality of a nearby resource, they made more errors than bees raised in normal colonies. When the inexpert bees were placed back with mature bees, they began to improve their dances, but never learned how to convey distance correctly, suggesting that while every honeybee is born with a basic template, they must watch elders to learn the nuances of the local dance. This makes the waggle dance a kind of social learning, a cardinal property of our language. Children need exposure to fluent speakers to learn and acquire concepts unique to their tongue. The waggle dance works similarly. Newborn bees modify their instinctual waggle skills based on how their elders dance, much like the way humans generate new dialects to shape a language around the lives of those who use it. How bees learn to dance... Honeybees are taught to communicate by their elders. Justin Gregg, Ph.D., Psychology Today, July, August of 2023.
So is my ineptitude when it comes to dancing because I'm lacking the genetics, that particular gene that gives a person rhythm and coordination and ability to put music to steps in such a way swaying one's body. Maybe it's a balance thing, an equilibrium thing. Is that why I can't dance? Or is it simply because I never learned to? And though I would swear up and down, or have in the past, sworn up and down, that it's just not in me to dance, I suspect it probably is. And because I've never really actualized the predisposition to dance, is why I'm not very skilled, if at all skilled, at it. I can sway a bit. I can snap my fingers, clap my hands, those kind of things. But real dancing, just not in me to do it. But it brings up an interesting point. And that would be that not only is there a social element to dancing when it comes to bees, as the article seems to suggest, they too have genetic predispositions for a particular communication that is not word-based, language-based, as ours, but is more motion, movement. If there is a language, it's a body language, I suppose we could call it that, form of communicating. But that it is, in social dimensions, taught. And those that were denied, and maybe there is, like with children, a critical period of acquisition, which means that developmentally at a certain point, that's when it's supposed to happen and it's optimal that it should take place at that particular time. To delay that, for whatever reason, based on whatever cause, would do nothing in the way of preempting, but it does make it more difficult And you could make the case (laughs) that at the advanced age that I am, I am probably never going to be very good at it. Uh, Although I might surprise myself, and I'm still, as I used to say, spry enough probably to get out and try. And, you know, I might even be somewhat inspired by this podcast to do this or do that very thing, this very thing, uh, when we conclude (laughs) the recording today. But should I not, I could still always kind of rely on that notion that I wasn't born with it. But there's a lot of things I believe that we struggle with in society. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not because it's such a struggle initially. Maybe we just take it for granted. Because the way that the ecosystem of social learning and socialization would be so seamlessly, we take so much for granted because we're indoctrinated culturally. We're exposed from birth. We have parents who teach us fluency of not only our words, our paradigms for life even, the words that we use, the behaviors, that it isn't until you get a little bit older that you look at yourself and say, why? Why am I doing it this way? Maybe I could do it differently or in a different sort of manner. And there is always that element of choice. But that seems to be where the struggle comes in, is that oftentimes in trying something novel or new or different, it seems a bit not only disjointed, cumbersome, but you have to learn it. And I guess the optimal period for learning 
most of us in the business I'm in, the industry I'm in, psychological, developmental sort of model, would say the optimum is somewhere between birth and 21. Because by the time you're 21, it has become so much a part of who you are, and insidiously so, you may not even recognize it, it's become part of your personality. And there's an adaptive advantage to that, in that all of that has been learned. And those kind of critical markers, those particular developmental stages, when things are supposed to come online, or at least more normally come online, if we've accomplished those within the scope of those more normal sort of age ranges where it is optimal, then we all kind of are at the same place at the same time and coming from the same culture, we think sort of the same way, we have similar language nuances, uh, and (laughs) with that, then in some ways we look an awful lot alike. Is there anything wrong with that? No. I don't think so. I think, again, it's adaptive. However, it may be only adaptive to the extent and degree that that's all we know. Maybe it's somewhat situation-specific, getting back to the ecosystem. Maybe there's just something about where one lives geographically, what the terms of life would be in material dimensions when it comes to the basic needs of shelter, food, water. Go someplace else... And it may be a completely different, again, for lack of a better way to describe it, ecosystem, environment, physically, physical environment. And then we have to adapt and adjust. Or something might happen to our ecosystem to turn it on its head. And then you have to adapt and adjust. Does that mean you can't? No, it just means once more, you're developmental, your advantage of having all that development come into some sort of solidified or crystallized sort of state (laughs) by the time you reach adulthood, somewhere between 18 and 21, and the adaptive edge that provides you so that all that energy that might then be expended to having to uniquely negotiate every moment of every day of your life based on contingencies or circumstances or not having the capacity to kind of put it into such a intuitive-like dimension, second nature. Like dimension because the learning has been so good. We've done it so well, so complete. You could wear yourself out if you had to learn every day or if every day was a new day and you forgot everything you learned the day before. Your personality changed or was not consistent day-to-day or the environment changed day-to-day, that would be a lot of energy expended. And possibly that's why we're so good at what we do, except when we're placed in novel situations. And even then, I think some people can learn to be adaptive. I think it seems that it might be innate or more intrinsic. Some people are just better at adjusting themselves to new situations, but I think that too could be more learned, and maybe what we're really speaking to is, is that there's a lot of things we take for granted as primary, genetically sort of encoded, in that sort of primary way, instinctual, that really is learned, we just learned it so well that it seems instinctual, or what, once more, we used to call second nature. 
the article on the bees kind of highlights that, points that out. So should we stop making adjustments or changing? No, but we should at least appreciate that all of it is, as with ecosystem ecology in mind, rightly put together or calibrated on multiple levels, individual, genetics, environment, psychosocial learning, exposure. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's true that the bees uh, certainly needed to be taught, uh, and with that then it wasn't all instinctual or such, but had they not had the genetic predisposition, <laughs> then, then it doesn't matter. Uh, maybe at some point there would have been a critical learning stage, and maybe that's why distance, really, they never were able to really learn the nuances, once more the article seemed to present it or did present it, of distance, or disadvantages or disadvantaged, uh, even over the course or time of the study. Because there was a critical period. It would have been something that would have been learned better early on. And there's maybe some things you just can't make up for. But we don't know since bees don't talk. And we don't do the waggle dance. I can't dance at all, remember? Uh, and Or be at great disadvantage if I were to be a bee and have to communicate with them. But when it comes to psychology and psychological counseling, that's what we're good at. <laughs> I learn your waggle dance. I learn your culture. I learn your paradigm for life. I, as with life, uh, that you were taught. I try to learn as much as I can about the different cultures. I'm not a chameleon necessarily, and I am a person, so I have an identity, and I was brought up in an ecosystem of my own and have a viewpoint, but I am not bound to that, certainly while I'm on the clock. I can't be. I have to be bound to what you are. Now, if you're open and desirous of different perspectives, I can certainly offer those, some of which are unique and specific to how I was brought up, where I was brought up, what the physical demands of the world in which I was born into, what they required, what my parents taught me or didn't teach me. But my education has been as much so that I might be a quick learner and myself. I learn how to adapt and make adjustments. I don't lose myself when I'm counseling someone, providing psychological counseling. But I do try to attach that to something better than me. And that's objectivity. And how can I be objective or separate the subjective, the me, from being that entity you need me to be so I could be more like you or at least see it cleanly without too much of that to corrupt so that it's not about me, it's about you. I use empiricism. I use science as a filter. I use my education, my training, my experience. I try to learn about different cultures. And to some extent, over the years of doing this, that's where, again, I'm still spry for my age. Uh, that's an advantage. I've learned a lot. I've seen a lot. I've encountered a lot. I've been with a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life. And I've had firsthand experience more than just book training or knowledge. Uh, I've traveled a bit, seen different parts of the world, uh, genuinely 
not only United States, but globally. All that could be advantage. But the greatest advantage I have is I've learned from all of that how to pay attention to you and to really understand your waggle dance and to understand all of those things that make you you. And it's not required that you do anything but be you. Well, (laughs) besides that, to be honest and truthful and genuine in who you are so I can get to know you best. Uh, Realizing this, if you're withholding anything from me, uh, it's always your prerogative to do that. You could do that all you want. But if you do, it does make it more difficult for me to know you as well or to observe you in such the way to understand how you think and why you do the things you do and the choices you've made. Even should it be that you're coming to see me to make an adjustment, to change, to learn how to dance in some way different. Uh, That's okay. That gets back to that choice thing. Choice is so, so important, but so is the ability to communicate or have that level of rapport between you and this other person who's there to help you One, determine how you want to change, what you want to change, how you want to change, and then to affect it, to bring it about as you would want it to be, desire it to be to whatever greater or lesser measure, and to fit in rightly with the ecosystem, the ecology of the social physical world that you're presently occupying, the place that you're occupying in that world. Now, it all sounds simple, right? But again, I started out by confessing. I don't know that I can't learn to dance. It's just a bit of a struggle for me to learn to dance. I wish it were just so genetically at times programmed into me that I would not even have to give it a second thought. That's not the way it is, though. But if I give it a second thought and I decide I'm going to do it differently, then at least I need to realize I have to do a bit of studying to figure out how I want to change it, whether it will work as well as before, uh, lest I go through a lot of trial and error learning. And then the great advantage of having all of that consolidated, we call it in the business once again, crystallized by the time I hit 21 or hit when I hit 21, uh, you kind of lose that. And I have to see that as significant Or all of us wouldn't be inclined to do it that way. Yes, we get in our own heads sometimes. Yes, we can become rigid. Yes, we can be somewhat sheltered or isolated, culturally closed off. But unless we go someplace where that would be important or somebody decides to bring someplace to us where that would be a necessity, maybe it isn't any more important than each colony of bees having their own unique language. I didn't make a big deal. The article didn't make a big deal out of that, and I didn't certainly say anything to suggest it's a big deal until now. But that's true, too. Each colony, as the article pointed out, the language, the waggle dance, is a little different. But that's good for the colony. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe bees go from one colony to the next? I don't know. It's not in the article. Maybe somebody studied that. Maybe bees that are out of their colony are considered somewhat hostile. I don't know. But the idea, though, is there must be some advantage, the notion, 
to in the particular <laughs> ecosystem you're in, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. And as long as you're not a global traveler or a world traveler, or you don't have to encounter people from a lot of different cultures, or if the world comes to you, expect it's going to take a little bit of time to make that adjustment. It doesn't mean that you're not going to or that people don't want to. And it's going to be a bit threatening because it's a little different than what you've always done, but I would still be inclined in affording people, humans, the positive of, most positive of regards, I would want to believe most of us are willing to change as long as we're not too threatened. Don't get mad at me if I trip over my feet or your feet if we're trying to learn to dance. You just have to go slow with me. The older you are, the harder, the more difficult it can be. And some of us, I do think, are maybe a bit more genetically predisposed to do that more readily or easily. But I still think all of us are going to have a bit of struggle when it comes to making that kind of shift. And especially if it requires you to change your personality a bit, make some modification. But most psychology, psychotherapy, that's really what it comes down to is also some adjustment in who you are. Is it a radical change? Big change? No, it's just learning, growing, developing over the course of your lifetime. And I can attest, because I'm at the age I am, the advanced age, I am, I've seen a lot of things that I thought never would change have changed. <laughs> and I'm still, as the, old, the song goes, I'm still standing. So, so there, again, must be some merit. And nobody's killed me yet, and I don't want to kill anybody else. And that's a good thing. So if you come in to see somebody, you may think you're like those bees, such as myself, and you can't learn to dance, uh, that's probably not true. You may be better at it. You may have two left feet. <laughs> you may have to acknowledge that. But in the end, uh, there's still a lot that we could do to help you. And don't forget, as much as it's social, uh, the others around you could be a bit more accommodative, not only in giving you some time, but if they're newbies, <laughs> once more, the author put it, uh, at least they should expect there's going to be some adjustment they have to make. It's a you know, two-way street. It goes both ways. It can't just be one way. And it's very difficult. Just say, well, it's got to be this way. It can't be any other way. Especially if you're a little bit on the side of the novel or the different. Again, you've got to accept, I think, for the sake of getting along, social dimension, that you have to make some adjustment too. Uh, when, we, when I do couples counseling, relational counseling, which includes couples, uh, it can be significant others. Uh, I guess it could be more than two. But the idea, though, is that it's usually asking both to make those kind of adjustments. It's not a one-sided sort of proposition. Psychology Today, 20, 23 July, August. How bees learn to dance, honeybees are taught to communicate by their elders. We are too. It's called socialization. It is part of an ongoing adapting, even culturally, the colony, over time. But it just can't oftentimes be done quick enough, it seems, or overnight. But just hang with it. Learn how to continue to make those adjustments. And in the end, I'd like to believe in that same sort of positive regard way that it all will turn out well <laughs> unless we choose to blow it all up or destroy it all in the process. And 
And <laughs> I think if you come to see someone who, again, does what I do, they'll have the same kind of a approach, a way of looking at it. Psychology Today is a great resource. They provide a directory, go online, of providers who have been vetted. You can find one either geographically close to you or at least licensed to practice in the state in which you reside, even though they may live on the other side of the world. Talk about kind of the potential for there to be cultural differences or diversity. That's kind of an interesting thought. We're at that point, again, uh, due to uh, the availability, the contacts, the way we communicate with each other virtually to have that experience, whereas in the past it was much more geographically or culturally sort of restricted. Uh, And with that, Psychology Today uh, certainly is the basis for our discussions on the podcast. And uh, with that... If you should like to continue the discussion in any way, shape, or form with me, you certainly could reach out to me at thewordhouse at frontier.com. Uh, or you can call 304-523-9673, which is really Word, W-R-D, 9673. You can find me online or us online at thewordhouse.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook and You can go there and find this, uh, and certainly YouTube even. So there's plenty of ways to reach out to us, but the one guaranteed way is, (laughs) as long as this is not too intrusive, uh, as much as I might knock at the door, you're always welcome to open it by visiting us again on the podcast. We drop, as they say, a new episode of Word with Dave Clay or Dr. Michael David Clay weekly uh, and uh, certainly would be interested in continuing to be able to uh, offer you some information and some insights into what I do for, again, a profession, the psychological counseling. And with that thought in mind, I want to close the podcast today with that invitation. Join us again on Word with Dr. Michael David Clay, as well as I want to wish you the best, not only in general wellness, but also mind health to go along with that. And I want to sincerely thank you for allowing me to be part of, even in the smallest of ways, part of your day-to-day experience. Until we get a chance to talk again. Thanks. Thanks.